Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day, for this opportunity to gather here and worship you. And Lord, each day as we gather both in church and in our daily lives, we pray that you would speak into our hearts, minds, and lives that which we need to hear, that which we have, you have for us. And Lord, on this day where we celebrate the coming of your Holy Spirit, we pray anew for the coming of your Spirit in the world, in our church, and in our lives that we would be open and inviting to the Spirit to do a new thing, to work in mighty ways. And God, I pray in this day and in each day, may my words be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So this morning we come together. It's a day of celebration. Of course, we celebrate Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit to the world, to the church, this first reading from the book of Acts, which will be what I'm focusing on today. And of course, we celebrate our confirmands today. It's appropriate that these two things fall on this same day, these two celebrations, as, as they are celebrations both of the church and celebrations of our faith, opportunities to, for us to affirm our faith. The scriptures today give us a great image of that and also point to the church. But most importantly, what we look at and think about in this Confirmation Day is the ownership of our own faith. As we think about this reading in the book of Acts when the disciples were on their own after Jesus had resurrected and gone back to heaven, we think about what it means to own our own faith, to affirm our faith. And today our confirmands will stand before you and they will do that. They will take ownership of their faith. They will affirm their faith. But I want to look first at this, this reading from the book of Acts. It is a profound reading. It's a very, very important reading of the scripture. It's also very interesting. And sometimes we, uh, because it's so interesting, because it's so unusual to us and our, perhaps our modern understanding, we, we can take one of two faulty approaches to this. We can read this and, and assume that this image of the first church is the only image of the church. That the church is to look exactly like this and nothing else. And that is a flawed perspective. But the other flawed perspective I think we take to this passage sometimes is that we assume this is just a great story. That the coming of the Holy Spirit in this powerful way was just for that one time. And that the literal understanding of this is only for those in the Pentecostal and charismatic traditions. This too is a mistake. This is the Pentecost. It is a festival. Penta meaning 50. 50 days after the Passover. It is a celebration. It's an agricultural festival of sorts that the folks have gathered together for. It's a very powerful moment that has many, many things for us. This passage is so rich. It's unfortunate, I think, that so many times that at the most we look at it once a year because there is so much here for us. And so I encourage you to take that insert home and perhaps continue to wrestle with it this week. It is an image, of course, of the church, of the first church. That is part of the purpose of the book of Acts. It is an image of our faith in Jesus Christ, our faith now as we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, in the church, and in the world. It's really seen by many as the first moment of Christian preaching after the resurrection. It's this first gathering, this first moment of preaching. It's certainly a powerful one. 
It's where we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit. This baptism, understand, is once and for all. This baptism in the Spirit, this coming of the Holy Spirit. Different perhaps than our water baptism where we come and embrace the covenant of God's grace. But this is still important for us. That the people here were filled with the Spirit. I love that language. For me, that's the part of this passage that grabs me the most, that has the most meaning and challenge for me. That it says, the people were filled with the Spirit. It was a moment of amazement. Understand that as followers of Jesus, that should be our goal for each and every one of us, that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. That is my prayer for myself. That is my prayer for each one of you. That is most certainly my hope and my prayer for our church, that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just a great story that we see here in Acts. It is a demonstration of the power of God in our lives. It's a demonstration of the power that is found in the coming of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is with us. That the Holy Spirit is here. That the Holy Spirit is present. And that's why I think we make a mistake when we think about it just in these one days. We're called to seek the Holy Spirit in all things, in every area of our lives. Wonderful counselor, guidance, the one who nudges us, the one who speaks to us, oftentimes in a whisper. And as we seek to go after, to look for, to be filled with the Holy Spirit in all things. We also seek to trust the Holy Spirit with every aspect of our lives. That is our one great and brave act, to trust the Spirit. Easier said than done so many times. And that in being filled with the Holy Spirit, we bear witness. We bear witness to the world. And the Holy Spirit is here for all of us. We do nothing to bring the Holy Spirit. Understand this. This moment in Acts and the coming of the Holy Spirit at any moment in our lives, in our church, and in the world. That is the act of the triune God. That is the act of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who initiates, not us. Yet we have a choice, as we so often do. We don't do anything in our baptism either. We simply embrace God's promise. We simply embrace the covenant. God does the work. God has already done the work. And while this is true with the Holy Spirit, the funny thing I've noticed about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit tends not to go where the Spirit is not invited. While the Spirit is present, to, for the Spirit to really come and go does not happen where the Holy Spirit is not invited. We have a choice, just like we have a choice to embrace God's grace, just like we have a choice to believe, as I talked about with the children, just like we have a choice to trust, we choose to invite the Holy Spirit. And I think so many times, even though the Spirit is present, the Spirit doesn't go where the Spirit is invited. But understand in the passage here, there's something important for us to know. That this passage reminds us of the inclusivity of the gospel. That the gospel is for everyone. Everyone. That the Holy Spirit is available to everyone. That the call to believe in God is for everyone. That God's grace is for everyone. 
that the invitation to trust the God of the universe is for everyone. This is an inclusive moment. They didn't sit there and say, you know, if you are X or Y, or if you've done A, B, C, or D, or if you believe G or H, go and then the Holy Spirit will come. It is an inclusive moment in here. When they were all together, all of them, it says, were filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. That God desires to give the Holy Spirit to all people, to every church, to the world. And it's God's doing. We simply allow, invite, ask. We trust. And the Holy Spirit comes for all. And this is the good news of following Jesus. This is the good news of the life of the church. This is the good news of Pentecost. That it is not, in fact, rocket science. It is not difficult. It is God who does all of it. We simply allow. We simply invite. We simply trust. That's the beauty of our Christian faith. We don't earn it. God gives it to us. And the Spirit is always present, not just in this moment in Acts, but in each and every day of our lives. We simply invite. Now, when we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives and into our church, the how, the where, the why, and the what that looks like is well out of our control. I promise you that. It's a reality we live with when we invite the Spirit. It's part of the trusting and while we know the Spirit comes, we don't know what that always looks like. Our God is a God of surprises. And sometimes those surprises are surprises that scare us. Sometimes those surprises are surprises that give us great joy. Sometimes those surprises are overwhelming. Sometimes those are not the kind of surprises you like. And we all know all of those surprises in our lives, right? But the good news is we don't go through any of those things alone that God is with us. The great news of Acts, the great news of Pentecost, is that in Jesus going to be with the Father, we're not left alone. That the Holy Spirit is with us, guiding us, giving us comfort. Here it says, it talks about bearing witness, that we also are invited to bear witness to this inclusive gospel. Bear witness to the power of God. Bear witness to the power of God's grace, of the death and resurrection of Jesus. To bear witness of the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you this, when people choose to invite the Holy Spirit and when we ask for it, and sometimes I feel like I beg for it, and when we do that as a church, we ultimately always bear witness. We don't have to do it. The Spirit does it. That that's the good news for us as followers of Jesus. We invite the Spirit in, and as we listen to and trust the Spirit, we bear witness to God's great news. As a church, as we invite the Spirit in, and God surprises us over and over again, we know that the Spirit will bear witness. We won't have to do anything magical or special that the Spirit does it, that people know it, people sense it, people feel it in us. That's the beauty of Pentecost. That's the beauty of what the church can be. And I love this. It said, when this happened, they were amazed. When the Holy Spirit comes, we notice. 
we have the opportunity to be amazed. I love this call to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To invite. To trust. And I'll tell you in my life, for me, when I've invited the Spirit, that's where the greatest adventure is found. That's where the greatest growth is found. That's where over time, whether I like it or not, when I extended that invitation, when I opened myself to the Spirit, there becomes more of God and less of me. That great and surprising things begin to happen. Things that I couldn't imagine. Things that I couldn't create or dream of. That in letting go of control and trusting the Spirit, I get and receive in my own relationship with Jesus, in my family, in my ministry, and in every aspect of my life, things far greater than I could ever attain on my own. Things far greater than I could ever create. Things far greater than I could ever imagine. That this moment in Acts is not just a celebration of the coming of the Spirit or a celebration of the beginning of what we know is the church. It's a call to each of us. It's an opportunity to remember that our faith and our lives change dramatically when we invite the Holy Spirit in. That this baptism of the Spirit once for all reminds us that God is always with us. We are offered grace. Again, in baptism, and our youth will affirm their baptism today, we embrace that grace, or our parents with us embrace that grace. Today, the confirmands will take that next step in their journey. They will affirm their own faith. They will take ownership before us, before God, for their own faith. And perhaps they've already started that journey. Perhaps they've already been doing it. But in this moment, they continue this. They commit, commit to pursue God. That's what happens with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to continue to commit to pursue God. You see, this confirmation moment isn't just for our confirmations and their family and our confirmands and their family and friends. This confirmation moment is for each of us. This Pentecost moment isn't just for acts. It's for each of us. Each of us to affirm our faith. Each of us to take ownership for our faith. Each of us to... Trust the Spirit to invite the God of the universe in. That's the gift of community. You see, we can affirm our faith over and over again. And though we celebrate the birthday of the church this day, our faith is not in the church. Our faith is in Jesus Christ. that this moment in Acts is not the start of an institution, although the institution can be such a great gift. It's the start of a movement. A movement of the Holy Spirit stirring in the world, stirring in individuals, stirring in communities, stirring in this first church. And as we embrace this gift of the institution we have today, we go back and we remember that it's also a movement the movement of the Holy Spirit in us, in our church, and in the world. 
And that's what we seek. That's what we hope and pray for. The word confirmation means to strengthen, to strengthen one's faith. That's what we seek in this whole process, that our youth would have their faith in Jesus strengthened, that they would have their relationship with Jesus strengthened, that they would have their relationship with the church strengthened. It's an accomplishment. They have worked for it. They've not done it alone. Their family and friends who are here and those who can't be here have supported them along the way. Their church has supported them and prayed for them along the way. And though it's a great accomplishment worth of celebrating, it is not an end. It's a point in the journey. In some ways, it's a new beginning. It's a new beginning for them as they publicly embrace their faith as they continue to seek Jesus, as they continue to seek to invite the Holy Spirit to be in their lives. But it's not just a moment for them, it's a moment for us. Not just a moment of celebration for us, but today and each day that we gather is a moment for us to do many things. It's a moment for us to embrace our relationship with Jesus Christ, to affirm our faith, to invite the Holy Spirit to come into our lives in new and powerful ways. And so as they stand and affirm their faith, as we celebrate the life of the church, we too are invited to do the same. Over and over again. It's a celebration. Today is a celebration. It's a celebration of the gift of a God who loves us and God's grace offered to us in the symbol of baptism, in the sacrament of baptism, I mean. It's a celebration that we can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the one who died for our sins. It's a celebration of the coming of the Holy Spirit that we can invite the Holy Spirit to come and transform our lives in new and powerful ways. It's a celebration of the gift of the church. It's a celebration that we can continue to pursue this Jesus, continue to affirm our faith, continue over and over again to invite the Holy Spirit to be present, to be filled with the Spirit. There is nothing greater, I promise you. I forget from time to time, I'm human, but there is nothing greater, I promise you. And so today we celebrate, today we reaffirm Today we reaffirm our faith and we seek to trust God more. And we welcome the Holy Spirit once again into our lives and into our church. Being ready for whatever surprises, whatever beautiful surprises the Spirit might have for each one of us. Pentecost. Confirmation. Gathering here in worship. What a gift. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day, for these scriptures, for the coming of your Holy Spirit. Help us to remember this is not just a moment, nor is this moment of confirmation just a moment. It's a time of celebration, a time to remember, to embrace your grace, to celebrate relationship with Jesus Christ, to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives to change us, to transform us. And God, that is our prayer for each one of us, that we would continually affirm our faith in you, Remember your grace. Invite the Holy Spirit to transform us, to be present in our lives and in our church, and to engage in that one great act of trust, knowing that you, God, do it all.
It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.